Hello and welcome to this week's edition of The Conversation. I'm Oliver Wiseman, Deputy Editor of the Spectator's World Edition. I'm joined this week by two Florida-based writers, Carol Markowitz and Alex Perez. Alex and Carol have both contributed to our July issue, in which they write about the Sunshine State. Carol is a new arrival there, and Alex has grown up and still lives in Miami. And we had a conversation about Florida, its political prominence, its governor, and why, very quickly, it feels like it's at the heart of America's political debate. Alex and Carol, thanks thanks for joining me. Thanks. Carol, I'll start with you. Uh, your piece uh, in the magazine describes your your move down uh, to Florida from New York and kind of compares your home city to your to your new state. So why don't we start there? Why don't you tell me why you moved and, and you know, the big differences between Brooklyn and Florida? So I moved, we moved permanently in January and we had done a test run last year for uh, a little over four months, almost five actually, uh, where we lived in Florida. Our kids got to go to school in person, which was not happening in New York at the time. And we just sort of saw whether we can make the move. Uh, As I have talked a lot about and as I've written, I'm a lifelong New Yorker. I grew up in Brooklyn. My husband's a lifelong New Yorker. He grew up in Queens. We have a very like New York-y story. We were going to raise our kids in Brooklyn and and this was all uh, sort of what we were heading towards. And the piece for The Spectator, I've written about moving to Florida before, but what I had never written about is what I had discovered was a real Florida pride. And I hadn't been anywhere or lived anywhere in a long time that had a a pride in, in, in itself that came from what was actually happening. So Brooklyn pride, you know, I always felt very proud to be from Brooklyn, but why, why was I so proud to be from Brooklyn? Was I, was I thrilled with the politics or the the culture of the, you know, le- the creeping leftism that was around me? Like, no, but I, I felt the pride in being from Brooklyn because everybody knew Brooklyn and it was like, you knew what it meant. And it was like, as I say in the piece, like stick balls and open fire hydrants. And, you know, even though Frank Sinatra is not from there, you kind of picture that. And uh, it's, it's the good pizza and the just all of it is, uh, but it was all from long ago. It, none of this is from now. None of this is happening now. The Brooklyn of now is very, very different than the image that people have in their minds. And in Florida, it's very much what's happening now. You get here and I had somebody say to me in person, and I know lots of people say this online, but you know, you better vote right. Don't change our, what, what we've done here. And I, I think that the preservation of something amazing that's happening in Florida is so unique. And I had never been anywhere like that before. I hadn't, you know, California, as I also mentioned in the piece, is also just kind of holding on to a glory day from long ago. But the Florida glory day is now, right now, it's happening and they want to make sure it stays the way it is. Alex, you're, I mean, we've heard from a transplant and you're a, you're a Florida native, a uh, Miami native. How does it feel as a, as, as a native to have your state be you know, not just growing and people moving there and all that sort of thing, but really like in a remarkable way, the, you know, for better or for worse, the kind of at the right at the core of the American kind of political debate, kind of public life. What, what does that feel like? That's been incredible here, especially where I'm from here in Miami, is that we here in Miami have this idea that we're not even part of America, not even part of Florida. So it's been really shocking for locals to now be part of the, you know, Florida conversation and the national both conversations. So, I think it's been fascinating to watch how locals for the first time maybe ever are trying to deal with now this relevance that they're not, I'm not going to say they're pushing back against it, but now they're trying to get used to it. Because for so long, when you're in Miami, you're kind of just 
folks come down for a weekend, they have fun, and they're gone. And that's a Miami narrative, Miami story. Now, now we're now for the you know first time part of actually part of Florida for the first time too. It feels like so we're trying to kind of, you know see how see how it's going to work for the first time, which I kind of. I think it's good because locals here for so long have this, you know, kind of, you know, Miami seems to the national conversation kind of a big place, but it's a really kind of small kind of provincial, almost kind of city where locals kind of really have this ownership of it. So now there's just kind of what's Miami you're going to be, not just in Florida, but in the entire country. So I'm curious to see long-term how that kind of plays out right now. I have some friends that are kind of, you know, not sure about it. Others that are really happy. Like I'm happy because I've been here for a long time. And I think, I think Florida, I think even here in Miami, we need some kind of new little, Plus, we're kind of kind of stuck like in this kind of little rut of Miami. But as far as like Carol says, like Florida has been this battle between these kind of Florida libs who the entire kind of identity is hating Florida and the Florida man kind of aesthetic. And what's fascinating here in the last year is that that kind of cultural Florida battle now has tipped to the other side. Like the Florida man, Florida now is actually cool and hip and the Florida lib now is enraged because I guess for the first time, they're like, oh no, Florida's People like Florida. People are coming to Florida because they want to be here. So now it's been this cool tip over that Florida liberals are getting, you know, I guess the entire identity is tied to that Florida's backwards, Florida's this. And now it's just, you know, Florida's freedom, Florida's things are happening. So it's this kind of cool thing where so many outsiders that are not locals really, really love Florida. So like a long time kind of Florida lib. And now it's like, what is this? Now Florida's a bad place. You can't kind of like it. So I kind of see what I mean. So there's this kind of battle that I really Find interesting, and I mean, for I think the Florida Lib got kind of cold cocked and shocked by what's happened the last year. Because for so long, it was just Florida's not, you know, Florida's backwards, Florida's Florida man, and now they're having to kind of push it back for the first time, really, against this kind of cool, hip ascendant Florida. So, yeah, you know, I think what Alex is talking about, Miami, that that you know, people used to come down for a weekend, and that was what you know, what they knew about Florida. That was us, uh, so you know, so summer 2020. Riots are happening in New York City. Schools do not seem like they're ever going to open again. Lockdowns continue and Florida starts opening. DeSantis, Governor DeSantis is not quite prominent on the national stage yet. And my husband and I are looking at each other like, we have to get out of here, which is, we just finished building our dream house. We moved in March, 2020. I mean, we were like really on path to never leave New York. And then we're sitting there that summer and we're like, okay, where are we going to go? And we're both like, Kind of like Miami, you know, we've been there, we like enjoy it there. Um, maybe that's something to think about. And so that was the initial conversation that was like, remember those weekends in Miami? Those were good weekends. Like we should think about that place as a potential, you know, future. And then of course, as uh, the governor of Florida starts reopening things, it seems like much more even a draw to us that, you know, this could really be it. This is where we might have to go. I mean, just to kind of, just to kind of pour some cold water on the on the Florida love for a second, uh, just for the sake of argument. Um, you know, there, there is an argument out there that, okay, people move to Florida because the weather's nice and they could work remotely. But, you know, that's going to change. People are going to need to be in the office. People are going to miss New York. People are going to, you know, um, in terms of the national conversation, like, yes, Ron DeSantis is a big figure now. And so that's part of it. But, like, the moment will pass and, you know, how enduring really is this kind of Florida kind of revival? Who wants to tell me why I'm wrong? I think the last, like all my local friends, they would quickly say they're all going to leave. But as it keeps on getting longer, I was probably, at first, I wasn't going to, I wasn't somebody who said they're like all going to leave, but I would have told you half will leave, 60 will leave, 70% will leave. Yeah, but now I think it might not be they're all going to 
they're going to stay. But I think it's going to be a lot more people who are going to stay in Florida than I thought earlier. And locals now that I talk to, they're starting to, I think, come to that reality that this is probably not this like flash in the pan that they maybe had hoped. This is my local friends that I have. And I think it's probably because of the governor. Because if you go back to 2020, June, probably 2020, he wasn't this national figure yet. Like I was here in Florida, voted for him. And I remember his. I remember the first moment I saw him that I was like, okay, this guy has his potential. It was with uh, Pence. They were, I think, outside somewhere in New York, and they were kind of in a. For the first time, he kind of you know spoke harshly at the media, and he started. I guess that's when he was born. I guess a national figure right there. And then prior to that, he was he was here. This kind of almost like this kind of milk toast kind of guy that you can tell was young, had potential. But after that moment, he just kind of saw kind of saw the opening, and it, you know he, he just saw it. Okay, now Florida can become this thing, and I can also kind of become this bigger thing. And if it wasn't for him. I would have said, okay, this will probably, you know, end in a year or two years. But what he's done, it, I mean, if you saw him back in, you know, early, early 2020 and you see him now, it's a totally different person. So I'd say, like, if he was a less of a strong figure, this little movement might not have these long legs. But I think that's going to have more legs than I thought it was going to have. And the longer that it goes on and the bigger that he gets, I think it's going to – I mean, what he's done is basically, you know, turn Florida – the entire identity in Florida has changed. And when that happens, I think it's a lot harder for like, folks to leave. Because, you know, prior to them, you know, to him to, to change identities, folks would come here. It was a fun thing, you know, maybe two weeks, possibly a month. But now it's become this new thing. It's such a new place. I think it's harder for folks to leave. So if it was a, maybe like a weaker figure or character, it probably would have ended quicker. But I think now in possibly run for president it could change but as long as he's here like i think it's, i think it's tougher folks to be leaving i think it's tied to him so i would say that i i'm obviously a fan of the governor i think that what he did especially on the issue of covid and especially especially on the issue of covid and kids is like paramount to me but i would say you can't move to, you can't i have three kids you can't uproot your whole family and move them across the country for a governor i what i saw here was the governor was leading, yes, but the Floridians were so sane and what they wanted out of their state was so what I want that that's what moved us ultimately. And, uh, you know, I'm sure there's going to be hedge fund bros who go back to wherever they're, you know, New York, San Francisco, whatever, but a family is not going to return. I'm not going to be uprooting my kids in two years if Governor DeSantis is no longer governor and, you know, if he's president or, or whatever, I'm not going to uproot our whole life again. And I, I've met so many families who have moved here for very similar reasons to us that they're just, they're not leaving. It's, uh, yeah, you know, again, you might have a smattering of, of people who came down for the weather but florida weather was always good it wasn't like we woke up one day and we're like wait a minute florida has beautiful weather and no state income tax it really was a shift in the last two years where the other places were authoritarian nightmares and florida had this open freedom loving way about it and the floridians were all about it that's really what i keep saying is even the liberal Floridians I met last year did not want to be masking kids in schools. They did not want schools closed. They did not want businesses closed. And they had a, just a normalcy about them that is was completely missing from New York. And do you, when it comes to the kind of national preoccupation, it feels like sometimes with Florida, um, what do you guys think explains that? Obviously, DeSantis is now a very big political figure and that's part of it. But, you know, I, I also suspect that, you know, part of what's going on here is, because Florida is, you know, 
majority non-white or at least on its way to being that it's getting it's getting both it's getting both less white and more conservative at the same time it's 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 i think that is actually what is so enraging to so many on the left uh and, and in new york and uh, and washington and so on and so i think that it's it's kind of demographics as much as anything else that mean people want to talk about it because you know and uh the education policy bill in florida or uh, abortion bill in florida just gets so much more discussion than the equivalent even in it feels like even in texas honestly now you know like even in texas it's less of a big national story uh than florida it's the incubator i think it's kind of like this kind of like testing ground kind of everything that's happening across the country it's obviously part is timing the demographics too because now like all these pieces are coming out with the hispanic shift I've been seeing that here and writing about it for a year, two years now. So it's kind of this like, incubator of everything that's going to kind of, you know, piss off all these like lives like in all the blue states. And it's already happening here. But obviously Miami, Florida, it's a lot of people who are brown people, POC. So they can't really kind of say anything about it, but they were seeing, seeing what's happening. So it's like happening here first and it's kind of going out. And I think there's this feeling that if we don't put a stop to Florida, like it's kind of, I mean, Florida's going to kind of go into the rest of the country and kind of, you know, kind of infected. So I yeah. think I think that's the big fear that I'm saying. No, that, that's absolutely right. I think that the fear is if we don't cut off Florida, it's it's going to happen in other places. I mean, I've heard from even, you know, politicians in other states who are like, wait a minute, I opened my state also, even maybe before Governor DeSantis, or I implemented this policy that DeSantis is in the news for every day, or I did the same, you know, like, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to name names, but the, I, I have heard from politicians. And they're like, we don't get the same level of coverage. And it's true. Like, uh, but they also obviously don't get the same level of hate. Um, And that's obviously with an eye on 2024. I mean, you know, maybe even if I name the politicians, you might not know them is is the whole thing. So yeah, it's definitely, uh, he's seen as, as the future and they want to stop that future quickly. And, and when it comes to let's, uh, you said you said the dreaded numbers twenty twenty four let's let's talk about that. I mean, do you uh, you know this, the, the two that we have two Florida residents as the kind of you know front runners plural I guess can we say that now about about Trump and DeSantis? I, I wondered um, from a Florida how, how it looks from Florida. Whether you feel there's a sense that sort of DeSantis is the the man of the moment and that that could actually become a you know. Actually, he could mount a serious challenge to Trump if Trump chooses to run again. I think they're both running. Um, I, you know, just my guess on this, but uh, he could absolutely mount a serious challenge. I think everybody's aware of that. Uh, Look, Florida might have as many as four candidates in the 2024. I mean, I I could see Rubio running again. I could see Mayor Suarez running. I could, you know, these are all pretty likely scenarios. Um, so it, it wouldn't be crazy to me if the 2024 GOP nomination race took place almost entirely in Florida. You know, not, not sure who else is even. I mean, Pompeo, I mean, I name another cat, Nikki Haley. But other than those two, I think everybody else is in Florida. Alex, does that does that fill you with uh, pride or, or, or dread as, you know, endless sort of campaigning? Oh, I think it's kind of like in a narrative sense. I think it makes perfect sense that 2024 like would be this Florida kind of election. And, and I think I think he's so just smart and shrewd that he realizes that this is his moment in time. Like in 20, 2020 to 2024, he knows that he's just probably at his peak of his powers as far as youth, you know, charm. Like 
the entire thing for him is happening right now. So I think, I mean, him and Trump sure had their kind of friendship, but I think he's just too smart and just way too short to nag it. And, and I mean, he would ask me six to eight months ago, did he have a chance? I was at a small chance. And I'm like, I think, I mean, not if I had to bet, like, he's just gotten so good so fast. And it's happening, like, constantly, like, he gets sharper. And you see him, and, like, he knows what to do, like, in a way that I think, I mean, Trump is kind of, I mean, Trump still has that massive personality. He has a massive base still. He has a massive energy. But I think for the first time, I see somebody else who can actually go against Trump and say, I've done all this, and I'm a lot younger, and I have, you know, I've built Florida, basically, which has become this national thing. So I, if, if I had to bet, like, I don't want to bet. I mean, right it's a toss-up, probably, I'd say. You would have asked me a year ago. I, I would have said no. And Trump is the you know, face of the party. Right now, not so sure. And the longer it goes on, the more I'm unsure about yeah, it. Yeah, I'm in the same place. I think that, um, that it was a given that it would be Trump, and now it's not a given anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and and just to stick on DeSantis for for a bit, um, you know, Alex, you talked about that sort of transformation into a national figure and a kind of more kind of combative, I guess, figure too. Carol, what what do you think? Uh, kind of what what do you think explains the the um, the kind of appeal and the political kind of potency that's clearly there? So I don't think people realize that DeSantis is smart as hell. Like he is really smart. I not politician smart. <laughs> He's like for real, for real smart. Like so for COVID, I don't think that he just woke up one day and was like, nah, no more restrictions. I think he he actually looked at the data. He looked at what was happening in other places. He saw that it was unstoppable and he said, okay, well, we're gonna go a different way. I so many things that he's done, I think, come from a place of deep knowledge that we're really not used to seeing from politicians. Politicians are, they're shallow smart. They can sound smart, but not actually be smart. And he is not like that. And so I, you know, I, I could see this being a giant asset to him that people don't realize how, how bright he is. Um, and, you know, again, you, you know, you have the politicians who go to Yale and Harvard, but they don't really go to Yale and Harvard, right? Their dads went there or their grandfathers or somebody donated a building, but he, literally got there on a baseball scholarship. He's a different sort of guy. And I think we're going to see that. I, I would say probably like the, the DeSantis minus is that he doesn't have that politician. He, you know, let's go have a beer together. Uh, but of course, you know, it's, it's still early and all of that can be developed. And I think it probably will be. Well, one interesting uh, thing is the, the week we, we're speaking now, uh, Gavin Newsom decided to mark the 4th of July by running a re-election ad for his California governor campaign in, in Florida, in which he said, basically, uh, choose freedom, you know, come come to the free state of um, California. Uh, Alex, I'm not sure if you saw the ad, but I wondered uh, what, how you either, either how you imagine or how you actually have heard of it, it's gone down uh, locally. Uh, I mean, what, what do Floridians think of that kind of approach? Yeah, uh... Locals here, Cubans that I know, do, do not like it. But I think it's a perfect kind of dichotomy of this battle that's going on for the country. Because you got you got two youngish, you know, kind of guys, but they're but they're but they're polar opposites in aesthetics and politics and everything. So it's kind of fitting. I mean, obviously, Biden, I'm not sure what's going to happen there, but it'd be this perfect almost election. It feels, uh, you know, these two young guys from the east west coast that are totally different ideas of America, and it probably won't play out that way long term. I mean, short. I think he should, because I see him and I see DeSantis and I'm like, these two guys induce this disgust in their haters to a degree that's almost insane. So they're, they're almost like yin and yang of themselves and of America. So I can see, and 
also goes back to that Florida is the place now that it has to be kind of stopped. So who's going to try to stop Florida, this kind of you know shiny young guy from California who, you know, he's a total opposite. So I can kind of see why that's happening. Like, obviously, I didn't like these ads airing down here, but they're obviously you know, very funny. It's because why he's doing it. And I would love to see that battle because I think it will kind of, you know, show where the country's going to be in the next 10, 20 years. Like who in, yeah, because if you tell me who you like between those two guys, I know basically everything about you. And that's, I think, what's important about that, you know, maybe future race. I wish, but I don't see it happening, but I think it'd be a hugely important race for the next 20 or 30 years of the country. I, I want to hear one company, one company leave Florida and go to California, like leave anywhere and go to California. But nobody's leaving Florida to go to California. Those ads, I mean, who is seeing those ads and thinking about moving to California? Is there even a far left person in Florida who would make that move? And I, I just can't see it. I think maybe if you have to, that that's sort of the only the only way you get to California at this point. Uh, so those ads, I, I I was super amused. I good for him for wasting his money on you know an ads ads for a, a state can't vote for him. Is, is he fighting for his state's reputation? I guess so, um, but. I, I really don't see who they would move at all. Um, Alex, I want to ask you a bit about um, Miami again, because we your piece sort of speculates on its future. Um, and I guess there's a broader point here about the state too, Carol. Um, whenever you see these kind of, the emergence of like a new San Francisco or whatever it is, um, I'm thinking, for example, of somewhere like Austin, Texas, you get this sense of like, these cities then become a victim of their own success, actually much like San Francisco has, right? And that, you know, people move there that vote differently. That's one point. But also, you know, it becomes less risk. It becomes more risk averse as it becomes richer. People want more regulations on what kind of buildings you can build and so on and so forth. So I guess, uh, Alex, maybe on Miami and then Carol on, on Florida generally, you know, what? How, how worried are you that Florida becomes a victim of its own success? I'm not worried about Miami as far as the culture. Because I, I think here uh, right now, I mean, for the first six to eight months of the influx, the locals really had no idea what was happening because the rents just, you know, first hadn't hadn't gone up yet. So like it felt probably March, April this year for the first time, locals were like, oh, rents are going up. Something is happening. And then after that, they realized, okay, rents are going up. Are they trying to change, you know, the you know, culture of the city? And I think yeah, rents, rents have shot up. That is true. But I think for the culture of Miami, it's very, very difficult to change the culture of Miami with this tech culture. There'll be probably pockets of the tech culture, but to lose Miami, this kind of you know, loosey-goosey kind of tropical place is probably, it's, you know, probably impossible. Like I think so many of my like tech friends are kind of just, you know, commandeering parts of Miami, Brickell, kind of downtown. And that's always kind of been, you know, spots that the people who aren't locals go to. Yeah, sure, some are bleeding into other parts of town, but to actually change the entire culture of Miami is I think almost impossible. I mean, I mean, it'll take probably years to just kind of you know, make it this kind of you know, West Coast kind of thing. Like I don't see it happening here for a very, very long time. And if that happens, there'll be other cultural things in the country that probably affected it. So I don't see Miami. There'll be great positives to the influx, but I don't see Miami's like you know kind of Miami culture changing. There'll be some kind of little battles and growing pains that we're seeing now as far as rents and the kind of you know. What does Miami mean? And that'll be these like you know local little battles. But as far as like Miami having a total overhaul of like what it is, like I don't see that happening. Miami culture is so just it's been for so long and it's so kind of and maybe you know because 
if it's the same old story that folks in other cities, oh, you can't like change my city, and it happens. But I mean, right now, I would say no. Like there'll be probably these two different Miamis, and they'll probably they'll probably mesh and they'll flow back and forth, but they won't. I think so many of the folks that came to town want that old Miami here as well. They don't want to change it into where they came from. So they're gonna sure they're gonna bring in you know rents will go up. They're gonna bring in their kind of people, but they want to keep something of what makes Miami kind of Miami. So. I think it will stay the same for the most part. We'll see in a couple of years, but I think we're okay for now here in Miami. Yeah, I think that the the influx of people of the last two years is very unique. It's not the same migration that you've seen in other times. Um, it really is people looking for a specific kind of freedom that Florida is offering. And I, I, I have not, I've met so many transplants at this point. I have not met a single liberal transplant, not one. And I, I, the funny thing is the people I meet who moved to Florida 10 years ago are much more likely to be liberal. They're much more likely to be like, wow, my, my state is changing to the right. It, it, and, it, and it is. Um, and it, but the thing is, it has, it has already. It's not like it's changing. It has changed. And so again, back to the, the Gavin Newsom ads, like the only people that would even halfway respond to those ads are on the left, which would only make Florida, a redder state. And so I, I don't see the shift in culture uh, or in politics at all from the people who, who have gotten here during COVID. I think that they they know what they're getting that, and they wanted it. They wanted this. So so the, so the message is the, uh, the Florida you both know and love is, is here to stay. Um, on that cheery note, let's, uh, let's leave it there. So Alex and, and Carol, thank you very much for, for coming on the podcast. And uh, listeners should check out both of their pieces, which are in our July issue, which is out now. So thanks a lot, guys. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of The District, don't forget to subscribe. You can find us wherever you listen to your podcasts. The Spectator World is the American edition of the world's oldest magazine. To read more content on similar topics, please visit spectatorworld.com.